everybody. Thanks for tuning in to The Real Guy Podcast. Today I got Lamont Jones in the Lunker Dog Studios and we talk about Happy Bait. Uh, today's September 21st and Happy Bait finally showed up here in Fort Lauderdale and along the rest of the East Coast. Sit back and listen to Lamont Jones and the Lunker Dog talk about this year, 2020, Happy Bait. Clear the airwaves. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. Lamont Jones on the um, Lunker Dog in the Lunker Dog Studios today. What's going on, pal? What up? What up? I'm trying to get fired up. I'm trying to get fired up for Happy Bait. And went, what's happening? I've been doing some checks. I'm seeing a little bit of prepod. Nothing special. A little bit of prepod. There's some snooks in the trough. There's plenty of tarping around the inlet. There's tarping around the bridges and the shadow lines, the lights. But no happy bait. Wow. I, re- I think fucking happy bait is going to be something that people talk about. Like, I remember a day when the mullet used to come down the east coast of Florida. And people are going to have to explain it to people like that in past tense. I really think so, huh? Dude, how many years have we been doing Happy Bait? Yeah, almost like 20 now. Right? 20 years, documented 20 years. Yeah. And, all right, so every once in a while you get one year that's a little better than the other. But overall, it's just on a downward slope. Yeah. It's a good goddamn thing the stock market doesn't work like that. Because it's just going down. Well, that's going to be devastating for the Happy Bait community. Because the guys that have all their time and resources invested in just fishing a one-month period when they can actually get bait, I mean, that's going to crush those dudes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a guy that doesn't post any photos all year, say from like October all the way to August, and then, you know, he gets his slot snook that's so important to him and he take, you know, gets a good photo of it and stuff. If that's gone and that guy, they'll, he'll, they'll have to move on to other, uh, other hobbies, personal watercraft, whatever. But yeah, personal watercraft. Exactly. Yellowtail fishing. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would strongly recommend for all the happy baiters to phase out of their happy bait modes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And either if you, if you don't got a big budget, it's cool. Go to the pier. Do Pompano, Sheep's Head in the winter. Um, there'd be plenty of mackerel, jacks, blue runners, all sorts of stuff like that, ladyfish. But, but there aren't even, as, you aren't even seeing pilchards out there? There's a bit of pilchards, but we had to go halfway to Miami yesterday to get in them. And they were nice pilchards, good ones. You know what I mean? Like if you were fishing the West Coast or whatever, those guys would have been elated yesterday. (laughs) Not kidding. It was good-looking pilchards. But we were halfway between uh, all over and and Port Everglades to find them. And then we came back with all the pilchards. And it was a little bit embarrassing, to tell you the truth. Like I was praying I wasn't going to get pulled over by like FWC or like a good friend of mine wasn't going to pull up next to me because sporting a bait well full of pilchards huh. and September 10th. Yeah. I mean, how do you explain that? Wow. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Black I think out I the like well, it. bro. Black out the well with pilchards. You know what blacking out the well is good for, though? With pilchards? Instagram views. Yes. If you black out your well with pilchards, you will get your, whatever, 10,000 Instagram views. Yeah. I slow-mo my my black well bait, and um, they really like the slow-mo. Like, I got twice as many Instagram views on slow-mo than I did regular. Yeah. But, now, um, if you dunk the GoPro into the well, right? So it's an underwater shot, even though it's inside the bait well. Right. That'll even double it again. They <laughs> love that one. 
Also, you know who else this um, weak happy bait stuff is going to devastate? The happy bait guys. Besides them? The drone guys. Drone guys. Yep. I mean, there's drone guys that wait just like the happy baiters wait just to get their drone footage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm and good for like guy- one or two seconds of drone footage. Two to three. Like, okay, set the mood. All right, now we're back to reality. It's fantasy. When's it's the last a, time you seen when's the last time you seen Sport Fishing magazine TV? Never. It's all drone? Drone and slow mo. Yeah. The slow mo the piss out of some redfish, I tell you. Yeah. But I mean the whole show. That's fantasy. That's um it's what surrealism is, is when you show something from a hyper perspective like slow motion or drone and it's just it's easy like you know you got any advice for the drone guys during a week happy bait yeah get in and um head north and just report document instead of showing off you know like 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 um like do you right now? Do you have any qualified guys north of Palm Beach doing checks, checking in on social? I got a few. Okay. Terry Gibson um, checked in from like the New Smyrna area. Yeah. And then really, it, that was that was like a gut punch because Terry actually knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And he was saying that they were seeing some signs of finger mullet. Some signs. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That means like stragglers or like little pods. In New Smyrna? Yeah. I mean, New Smyrna is like freaking finger mullet capital of the world. Right. I mean, they usually see them down there in the bay and the river and the friggin' beach. They're seeing slim signs. It's, dude, we usually see finger mullet here in the middle of September. Not there. And like I said, they're only seeing slim signs. I'm not sure. I'm telling you, dude, it's going to be like a wise tale. And there's a lot of people, a lot of people that are going to really struggle for internet content. But they can do sharks, right? Yeah. I mean, sharks, drone sharks. They can do um, cast netting. Yeah. We're going to see a lot more cast netting videos of people cast netting, but not getting bait, just pancaking their cast nets. Slow motion. <laughs> and drone. Yeah. But I would like to congratulate all the people that can finally throw a net between the internet and um, hell of a lot of practice. But I would, I would like to give the credit to internet views. Because I think to a lot of people that getting a lot of internet views, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, whatever, YouTube, that um, that's the motivating factor in order to throw a pancake. Right. And if you throw a pancake, you don't necessarily have to get any bait. People click on it anyway. Right. Like that one, I don't know what it is. looks like Indonesia or Bali, and it's like a, you know, an Indonesian kid throwing a gigantic rainbow-colored net. Oh, and right. the video ends when it hits the water. Like, dude, did he get anything? Get that out of here, National Geographic photo. Dude, over there in those places, when they throw a net like that, they'll throw a net like that and get like five little tiny fish. And then they put them in a bucket and bring them home and eat it. Yeah. One that always gets me, like somebody will comment at least once a week, once a month on the video. It's an old video of yours where... You're on the front of the boat. I'm filming and driving, and you throw the net fast, like at an angle, and pull it in and only get one mullet. And the guys are like, oh, my God, he only got one. And they don't understand that, dude, that was the one you were going for. And that's like the opposite of happy bait. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Can you pick off onesies as they're hauling ass by? No. <laughs> no. No. That's 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 um. That's kind of like in reference to that old Kelly Slater um, recording we did. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you can get bait 24 seven, 365 days a year in Broward County, that's like Kelly Slater stuff. Right. That's like, you're the top of the spectrum. That's the highest level of bait catching. And to think that all the guys that have been waiting 10 months going on 11 months are not going to be able to get their bait. No. Which means they're not going to be able to get their jack. Just to get their jack. People are going to go back to throwing spoon. Jeez. Like reflecto spoons, crocodile spoons, drone spoons, <laughs> swimming plugs, lip plugs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And wow. maybe, maybe, just maybe, the fish will regress and go back to eating like Zara spooks and stuff. There's hmm. nobody throwing Zara spooks for giant snooks anymore. Really? Dude, between Instagram and all the different photos and all the people that have been smoking the spawners all all winter long all summer long i should say how many of them are yeah. sporting their zora spooks none none <laughs> they're sporting um hoagie they're sporting spool tech they're sporting all sorts of um jig flare hawk type jigs and stuff but nobody is sporting zora spooks anymore no the red and white Zara Spook was the go-to snook lure in the early 80s. Right. I mean, everybody threw them. Guando, Tedder, Tom Green, Copeland. All the big dogs were throwing red and white Zara Spooks. It's going to make a comeback. Lures are going to make a comeback. They're going to have to. Well. They're going to have to because these guys, we need some more qualified reports. If you guys are listening, you're north of uh, West Palm or north of Palm Beach, hit us up on social. You can always give tips to the mullet run at the mullet run on Twitter. We share all uh, happy bait and mullet run info on there. Jeff, you should probably get Ed Killer from Stewart from the news up there. You should probably get him on the podcast. I know he did I a post a earlier. He, he did a post earlier showing the, um, I, I don't know what it was, but the, the algae or whatever is back bad. And like, it's all starting all over again up there. The reoccurring right? cycle. And Ed's, Ed's what? And Stuart, right? Yeah. You know, Ed's solid dude. He, when, when we had the big sewage spill down here and, they weren't, we weren't getting the right kind of press at the beginning. And Homeboy came right down here and made sure he got the right story, puts him in some effort. Yeah. This is like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I subscribed to his um I subscribed to his um paper. What is it? T C Palm? Yeah. I think Treasure I had to pay three bucks for it or something. Okay. Eh, I figured, you know. He's in the Real Guy Network. I might as well. He's in the Real Guy Network. He's a real guy, and he reports on the stuff that um, matters to us. Like, they just up there threw up no fishing signs, like, on almost every bridge with no explanation. Following in the footsteps of Broward County. Exactly. (laughs) What was his take on it? He didn't. He doesn't really have a take. He's just the reporter. You know what I mean? Then you had to to read the um, the responses and the comments of the irritated fishermen that are like, "That's it. You know, it's they're never going to come back. Once they take your rights away, they never return them. So you can kiss fish in all these bridges goodbye. Like snook fishing now is toast in Stewart, Martin County area. Hmm. Those guys got to unite. They got to unite. They got to do the same thing that's happening here and elect leaders that are on the same page as the locals. And, you know, it's a big struggle. I have to tell well, like the, you. Fishing, the fishing sign thing is, is manageable. If you unite and go downtown 
and get pissed off. But you have to unite. You have to get a ton of people to go down there and get pissed off. Yeah. And they can, they can, you know, that's not like friggin' infrastructure where it's friggin', you know, billion dollars. Right. And cleaning up the boat ramp was proof of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's certain things that are right and there's certain things that are wrong. And not being able to fish on bridges is wrong. Right. Right. And it's not like, I mean, I know some places, I know, what is that, the Camino or something up there in Boca gets super packed and guys do stuff. But if Fort Lauderdale, you're talking about old-time residents and stuff. There's, there's never, the bridges have never been packed here, even when you were allowed to fish on them. You know what I mean? It's right. like one guy, two guys used to have them old boys on Las Olas. Right. Have a family fish together with a bucket full of sand perch. Yeah. Maybe they, well, here, here it's legitimate to kick them off the bridges. Right. Because they might poison themselves eating that shit on the fucking <laughs> stuff they're catching off the bridges nowadays. But I don't think they're hiding behind um, public health. No. Did I tell you about the guy that we ran into, um, me and Musa, the other night we were fly fishing about halfway between here and Pompano, right on the intercoastal. He has a really good dock. And um, we rolled up there and started fishing. And um, this is like 11 o'clock at night. And the guy comes out on his balcony. And the first thing he says is, here we go. Same old shit. No respect. <laughs> right. And I said, dude, I said, what? And he was like, yeah, he goes every night. You guys are fishing my dock. And I said, well, dude, I haven't been down, down this way in friggin' a few months. But if you ask me to leave your dock, I said, you know, I'll friggin' uh, I'll leave. And he's like, no respect. And I said, dude, how much respect do you want? Yeah, right? Respect for what? What's the- right? No, right. But he was like, you know, really on this respect thing. He was New Yorker or maybe inner city Jersey. But he was really concerned about how much respect I was or was not giving him. I told him, I was like, dude, you're like three decades too late. The respect thing was like, what, late 80s? Yeah. It's about his, his confusing courtesy is what he wants. But, but if he would have asked me, you know, just in a regular tone of voice, you know, that he didn't want me fishing back there, I'd have left. But he wanted respect. People are under a lot of pressure. There's a lot of people that are snapping, so don't push them any further than uh, just like, okay, you know, don't escalate anything because you see on the news and on the viral videos and stuff, people are just losing their shit over dumb stuff. People are snapping. Over stuff like that. Like the woman last year that was like squirting the father and son with the hose. Like, come on. Oh, on that dock over on the West Coast? Yeah. And just there's other ones. I saw another one, um, a video that was here. And the guy is like giving threats. I'm going to come out there. I'm going to beat your ass. And you're like, dude, the guy is throwing a DOA shrimp. Like he's not going to catch anything anyway. What are you like so protective over your grunts? <laughs> Ridiculous. Are people, well, you know, people are... Maybe, you know, just they got too much. They're holding back and they need to let it out on somebody. Go like hang a punching bag in your uh, in the garage or whatever. Go stand in the middle of a field and scream or whatever. But the incivility and just like everyone's got the super short fuse. Do you remember the real um, boxing gyms? Yeah. Like the YMCA over here on, on Federal Highway had one. Yeah. And like you'd roll in there and guys were punching the bag and you could get in the ring and spar a little bit and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They need to bring that back because this hostility has to come out in some way or another. And they're trying to bring it back. I went to this little place in Delray the other day. And um, there's a a gym a boxing gym. It's got the ring and everything, but then there's a big giant window and a bar on the other side. So you sit there and have drinks and stuff as you're watching the guys spar and practice and, you know, 
right. train. Yeah. But it's a double edged think... sword because one time I went out to Hard Rock to watch the local MMA fighters. Right. And everybody in there was like repping the t shirt from the um you know, strip mall martial arts place that they go to. And like every dude had the look on his face, had his fist balled up, and were like, I just hope somebody tries me so I can try some of this stuff out. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I noticed like it wasn't just one or two dudes. I was like looking in the stands, we were filming, and I was looking and I was like, every dude in here is like one stare away from saying, like, what's your problem? You want to throw down? <laughs> so did anybody throw down that night? No, but one guy kept getting hit in the nuts like five times. The guy in the ring. The guy in the ring got hit in the nuts five times. Like, got, you know, the other guy got five points taken away. Eventually, it was disqualified. And then the cameras, we followed the guy out, and the ambulance took him. And I was like, dude, one punch below the gut. Okay, that happens. Two, like, you got a problem. Three, the fight's over. But they kept letting him go, and the kid wanted to still fight, and the dude would wind up, whack! Down he'd go. They'd give him, like, 10 minutes to regain his composure. And dudes, I'm looking around. I'm doing, like, the crowd shots and everything, and everyone, like, has their fists balled up, and they're clenching their teeth. Like, I hope somebody bumps into me or steps on my shoe or something so I can get them in a rear naked chokehold. Now, are those dudes... Those dudes were like the hardcores. What do they think about the new place in Delray where you're having martinis while you're watching people train? They're not hanging out there. It was like, what was that? Rocky four when Rocky is training in the mansion and all the media is there and he's got the live band. And it always kind of bothered me that the band is playing the Rocky theme. Like, (laughs) You know what I mean? And they're playing it like real jazzy. And then Mick just snaps and throws everybody out and gives the ultimatum to Rocky. Like, this isn't me. Like, what are you doing? And Rocky's like, come on, we're having fun. You know, Mick, you know, we're we're training. And like, no, you got to get back into the grungy to really train, especially to be a fighter. And you know why else Mick was pissed? Hmm. It's because in Rocky four, they tried to make Adrian look fine. And she was not fine. It was three. Yeah. Was it three she tried yeah. to look fine? No, it was part three with Mickey in the house and the mansion and everything. But when they tried to make Adrian look fine, they totally blew it. Well, they made her ugly for the first two. But both of them, like if you look at the character arc, like by part I don't even know what it is, but it's the one from about 10 years ago, probably more when Rocky fights the young kid and Rocky's like in his fifties and, and they're like, Oh, George Foreman did it. Rocky can do it. Sorry. And Rocky, they won't give him his gaming license or his boxing license. So he goes and talks in front of the boxing commission. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute, you've gotten better talking through all these fights. You know what I mean? And he's like, you know, when you're trying to do something and the Bill of Rights tell you you have the right to pursuit of happiness and all this. And he's arguing with the boxing commission. And I'm thinking, I'm like, after all these fights, he talks better now than he did in the first movie when that's the exact opposite of what happens to real boxers. With the exception of Foreman. Right. And that's why he's got the Foreman grill and that's why everybody bought it. But, Foreman never took beatings like Rocky. Like the beatings that Rocky took, they're up there with like Evander Holyfield and Dokes and right. old dudes. Right, and Holyfield, that poor guy, he does not sound right. No. A lot of them dudes, the best dudes, got beat up the worst, that's for sure. Yeah. They don't even try anymore for heavyweight boxing, do they? Well,. I mean, it's so bad because there's no central body. You have like Don King doing his thing and then two other guys doing their things and they never meet. You never get those good fights because everyone's like living in their own bubble. Dude, 
Like nothing. Nothing. Which is a damn shame. And those big dudes like that have gone to either play power forward or pass rusher. This just isn't the, um, you know, <laughs> like those gyms you're talking about. There's not dudes that are 250 in there, you know, 230, 225. And those dudes that MMA fight, those guys are like 137 pounds. Those are real fighters. Those are real fighters. Like that McGregor guy? That was like 135. He was tiny. Homeboy got a freaking whiskey commercial or scotch. Pretty That's good. his scotch. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's pretty Except awesome. Except he punched a 90-year-old man that refused to drink it at a bar in Ireland. <laughs> Dad. That's what that's what Irish do. You should know. Like, he tried to do like a selfie or something and was like, all right, everybody elbows up. And the old man's like, I ain't drinking this. And McGregor decked him. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm talking about. Remember South Florida freaking like the pro fighters used to hang out around here. Yeah. I remember playing basketball with Tommy Hearns. The hitman. That was good. We played with him a couple times. Right. I think he was... What, a couple summers or something? Or he lived down here or whatever? Half man was friggin' all over him. Yep. And then Dokes. Yep, Dokes was around. And Trevor. Tell everybody, tell everybody the story about Dokes putting the chink- chicken wing in his pocket. Oh, my God. So they used to have Monday night boxing at a nightclub on Oakland and Federal called Crocos. And it was a big deal. It was a big thing to do on Monday night. All the like local celebrities and stuff would go there. And so Dokes started going, right? Now, that's a legit heavyweight champ, and he was washed. So who knows? He's sweating profusely, has like a sweat towel over his shoulder. He's wearing one of those um, like velour track suits. <laughs> and he's eating wings. He's got like a you know, little plate down there by the judge's table. And he's in the ring refing a big boy fight. You know what I mean? Like, oh, these guys are too big. You can't use Damien or whatever to be the ref. They got to get Dokes in there. So Dokes is in there, and he's gigantic. And he's eating a chicken wing, and then a real fight breaks out, like, on you know, on the side of the ring, because all the tough guys used to go. And I noticed, too, that Dokes, like, being quick, shoves the chi- a half-eaten chicken wing in his pocket of his velour sweatpants you know and makes it outside the ring and breaks the fight up and the bouncers you know have the guys in headlocks and they're dragging him out to the thing and then like a couple of weeks later of course half man gets into it with dokes and remembers what i had told him and dokes is like oh boy you ain't nothing like don't make me come down there and whoop you and half man's like yeah that's why you got a chicken wing in your pocket I ain't got no chicken wing in my pocket. Yes, you did. Last week you put a chicken wing in your pocket. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. <laughs> Only a Krakos. Yeah. It was. I think Krakos was like the beginning of MMA, kinda. Kinda. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least that style, that atmosphere that they would fight in, if nothing yeah. else. But of course, South Florida, pioneers of craziness. Yeah. A lot of good stuff happened down there. Snoop Dogg. Yeah, Snoop. Um, all the fights were good. Queen Latifah fighting in there, just hammering some girl. Like, knockout in under 20 seconds. I forgot Queen Latifah used to fight down there. Yeah. That was, what, 1996? Yeah. Right? A little bit even before that. Something like that. Yeah, I forgot maybe. all about Queen Latifah. <laughs> Dude, what's up with these food trucks? I don't eat standing up, so it's not I don't for eat, me. I have a hard time eating standing up, and I have a hard time eating um, on those small appetizer-type plates. Right. But... I don't know, dude. There's like um serious food truck craze that first I thought was like going to be faddish, you know? 
Yeah. But it's been around for like 10 years now. Eight years, maybe. Yeah. And I think it's building momentum. And I just can't believe the chicks are going for it. Yeah. Like guys, I could see guys eating out of a food truck. You know? Football games, whatever. Those concerts that like Bursa likes to go to in parks and stuff. Yeah. But they go down to like the like the progresso parts of the cities now in force with like 40 food trucks and yeah. everybody goes. And then they're bragging about the food trucks they're eating up. Yeah, that's not for me. I've done it. Like I've had to, you know, shoot at those places and sometimes they'll get a food truck to cater for us, depending on like, you know, if it went one location all night or whatever. The thing about like I can't get filled up or whatever on tacos. Like it's like nothing. It's like a pinch of food in each one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like even if you eat three or three or four, you're like, I could still eat a burger. I could right. still you know what I mean? Like it's got oh three little pieces of chicken, like a pinch of chicken, plus whatever weird stuff they put in there because the only way to be creative for a non-creative person is to be um, complex. <laughs> so I tend to like um, plainish food that's cooked well, like good food that's cooked right. Instead of like keep adding stuff like an amateur will be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make, um, you know, spaghetti sauce tonight. And then what they do is they keep adding stuff to it. Oh, yeah, let me chop onions and put that in there. Yeah, I don't like onions in my spaghetti sauce. Oh, let me chop up some green peppers and put it in there because they're, they think they're doing something. That's fake creativity. And it's the same thing in the food truck world is the guy can't just present like one thing done well simply. He has to be like, oh, these are braised short ribs that are in a balsamic reduction and ha dude you've lost me with truffle fries <laughs> and all this stuff and there's a lot of hyphens and commas between all the descriptors and adjectives and i'm not in, i'm not about that like just make it plain like ribs just make it good you know what i mean i like ribs i like right. you know, barbecue chicken i like a good steak i like a good piece of fish or whatever but if both of your forearms are completely covered in tattoos and you have like an ironic mustache that's maybe waxed and curly cued and, you know, you're like a super hipster, you can't do simplicity. So you have to make everything complex and then it suffers from that. And what is the correlation between the hipsters and the food truck crowds? Because never have I gone to one of those places where food trucks are prevalent that it wasn't just overrun with hipsters that's it that and those like craft beer things no offense to julian but that all kind of goes <laughs> right that goes hand in hand of with hyphens and commas and descriptors and adjectives like oh it's not just a beer it's a honey barley you know irish spring beer that blah 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 and, and it's, it gets really complex and um they love it right we're in the minority we're in the minority be. because be. the, you know there's plenty of people out there that love a nice multi-labeled beer with some little small appetizer plates of food made by a dude that has both of his forearms tattooed or a girl and they have to be like Americana tattoos. It's not like there's cobras and stuff on their arms. It's like the little sailor and stars and a scroll with like a knife through it and a heart. You know. All right. The, the chicks, the yeah. hipster style chicks that hang out with all the hipster dudes. Yeah. Is it embarrassing to be fine nowadays? Kind like, of. How, how does that work? Like, I, I'll be in those places, I'll be around, and there'll be a ton of freaking women around but not one like really catches my eye we're like man that chick's beautiful and they go way out of their way because you can say there's some cute chicks but i'm not gonna say they're beautiful but they go out of their way not to be beautiful well in our time growing up you, you know you had your small percentage of people that were really good looking 
a lot of people that were average looking and then another small percentage of people that were damn right ugly. Well, now the good looking people are still probably the same percentage, but a lot of the average people for some reason try to make themselves look uglier, especially girls. Like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not tall and skinny or this and that. Let me get a Mo Howard haircut from Three Stooges. <laughs> you know what I mean? That makes my ears stick out. And then I'll pierce them up. And then also put, I'll pierce my nose like a bull and wear no makeup. Right. Because I mean, it, was like, it, it was like, I don't know, it was like what, a month ago or so, I started posting pictures. I, I posted the old Farrah Fawcett picture. I had Farrah Fawcett poster up on my wall when I was a kid. Yeah. I had Cheryl Ladd on my wall. Um, I inherited a Raquel Welch picture from like an uncle or something. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, what are they putting up on the wall nowadays? There is none, right? It's even, it's, it's not like that anymore. It's not, you know, they've got your pop stars, Beyonce, who's old now. So let's go young. Let's see who we got. Selena Gomez. And Gaga, some, yep, Gaga, but she's old too. She's like forty something, right, or thirty something. And then, um, Sophia Richie, and those Kardashians and Jenner kids have like taken all the air out of the room. Really? Yeah, like they're so popular, and have control over their own media because of social media and stuff. That that like Hollywood just doesn't have a grip on it anymore. Like they used to, you know, like every year, a million pretty girls would take a Greyhound bus to Los Angeles and try to become an actress and all this stuff. Well, now you've got like, I sh- I'll find it. I'll send it to you. It was a, <laughs> it's a guy who's like, welcome to our TikTok house. And it's like in Los Angeles, it's probably a $20 million house. And everybody in the house is super good looking. And, those are like the influencers. And he's like, see her? She's working on her YouTube channel where she has all these followers and is a, um, you know, a beauty influencer. And over here is Mark and Sharon and they're fitness influencers. So if they're not working out and lifting weights, they're taking pictures and uploading. And it was like, dude, I'll smack somebody right in the face. <laughs> you know what I mean? So everybody now is so dialed into being famous or like trying to be their own brand that everybody can't be their own brand. Right. Right. And it's so tough for the young people to try to navigate that because I mean, if everything is tied up in how many likes you get and how many followers you have. Well, like the, the word famous, the word, the word, the word famous doesn't, it's not doesn't go by itself anymore. Like when Victoria's talking to me about the different people that are famous, you got TikTok famous, Insta famous, YouTube famous. Yeah. And they actually say, Yeah, this one's TikTok famous. Yeah. This kind of goes along with the podcast I just uploaded about lowering the bar. Lowering the bar. And then another unique thing about it is really super good looking girls like models they no longer need a photographer to do shit for them they can do it themselves like good looking people look good when they get their picture taken (laughs) you know what i mean yeah so once the girl figures out like okay i i can't shoot in you know high noon i gotta wait for the sun to get lower and play around with the filters and snap away set up the tripod and the timer and they can take their own gorgeous pictures now and don't need a weirdo that you know is a beauty photographer and they're all weirdos and we've seen our share adam the weirdos would love to do those pictures at the jetties and it doesn't right. matter which jetty right if, you're, if you hang out at a jetty you get to see the photographer weirdos and the models it's yeah. just normal so yeah. my question to you is what's 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 you hefner doing nowadays well he passed away he's gone he's gone but the sun like Playboy, I think it loses like twenty million a year. Like it's horrendous. They took away nudity, and then it just plummeted. 
And, you know, their, their thinking was like, there's nudity everywhere. Like, let's go back to doing the good articles and this and that. Well, like, yeah, like people just aren't reading, you know, long reads about musicians and, you know, um, politics and stuff. Everybody knows already. Like back in the 70s or whatever, like, oh, there's an article on Nixon. Let me read this. Well, nowadays, everyone's just inundated. Like everyone knows everything. You know, no one's going right. to sit down and be like, oh, so Playboy is doing terrible. And the girls are not up to par. They're just and not there. That's, they just don't have the money. Like, you know, part of the allure of Playboy was they took super, super, um, how do you say it? Like produced photos, high quality you know, stuff, high quality and super produced. Right. Like instead of a bed sheet or whatever, you know, a comforter, it was fur. And right. then, you know, like the walls had like Chinese tapestries and everything's really soft. And, you know, the girl spent two hours in makeup and hair and makeup and there was wardrobe and this and that. Well, now it's like anything else. It's like, Oh, she's really hot. Like, you know, let's just have her stand out on the deck. And then the the big music artists, they're not sporting hot chicks anymore like the rock and roll guys did. Dude, I watched the MTV Video Awards. <laughs> right? Which used to be like a big thing. Yes. It used to it be was. a huge thing. So, okay, they didn't have a crowd this year. They did it, you know, remotely. And... Who won? Taylor Swift won, and she was remote, accepting remote. I didn't know who the host was. And they had a couple acts that were decent, but no rock and roll. Zero. Hmm. Whereas, you know, when we grew up, it was the opposite. It was all rock and roll and no R&B and no rap. And then Aerosmith did that walk with me thing and kind of opened it up. And then Michael Jackson was so huge that like he took over the, the channel and Prince. But now you're like, who are these people? Where, right. where's the Eric Clapton of this generation? Like how come Bonamassa isn't on there? Right. Or Foo Fighters or whatever. Um, you know, rock band that's a little older now, but it's still holding it down and putting out albums. They don't mess with that at all. They don't. And I'll tell you something mm -hmm. funny. I was in the Keys last weekend, and I'm in there with, the, I mean, a good 14 teenagers, right. boys, and, boys and girls. Yeah. And they're all across the board from freshmen in high school to uh, seniors. And um, they busted out the microphone. And we're doing karaoke, right? Yeah. They had nothing to sing. Everything that they that they could all get together and sing was songs like we grew up with. Michael Jackson. And that's why I brought it to my, my attention. When Michael Jackson, you know, that's what they were all singing. They were still singing Michael Jackson. They weren't singing yeah. anything except for like two or three country songs yeah. that they could all sing together. So, but no current pop. No, they would play no. current pop, but they couldn't. They couldn't go up there and karaoke and, and have a good time doing it. You know what huh. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know what the hell that leads us, but just shit's changing. What's? It's like the same thing that's happened to us. It's gone full circle. It's like the kids don't have anything now, and we don't even have any bait. Right. No mullet. No hot chicks. No rock and roll. Like, just think about the young kid, two young guys in the truck or whatever, getting in a beach run, and they're going to see you with that red and white Zara spook on your rod, like, you know, just walking down A1A, and the guy's going to be like, oh, my God, dude, look at that guy with his lure. <laughs> right. <laughs> they like feel bad for you and bring you a spool tech or something. Right. <laughs> like, come on, let's, let's do something nice for that guy. It's our good deed for today. Here you go, pal. Here's a nice spool tech. Oh my God, that guy's got a whatever that spoon. 
So I was talking to Timmy about happy bait the other day. And I was telling Timmy, I was like, dude, that last tarpon that he caught on the beach where he had like 300 people watching him catch it. That, that might be the last time that ever happens again. The first and last, but yeah. And Timmy being the optimist, he's not accepting that happy bait not might, might not be around anymore. Like his argument was, even if he gets it for one day, then it's still around. Well, no, that's flawed. That's up. Yeah. That's convincing yourself to be positive. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's his defense mechanism. But it's, 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 it's messing with people all different ways. Like last year and even up till right now, I feel like there's been a void in my whole seasonality of life. Like never once did I go through a whole season without or a whole year without five or six weeks of decent bait. Where last year, I mean, we were like, what, two weeks maybe. And then I feel bad because a lot of the people that are trying to like digest the whole thing, you know, like a lot of people try to read through it. And it's not like you know, we're not catching anything. I mean, last year, even though the bait didn't come through, we smoked the fish. Yeah, We caught fish right through it. It just wasn't happy bait. Right. And then I think there's the vast majority of people want to feel like they know whether or not happy bait is here or isn't there. That's like 10% of the, all the happy baiters even know what it's supposed to be like in the first place. Right. Guys are going to quit. Instead told, of getting out there with the, with the net and finding, you know, what little bait is around, they won't do that. They'll just quit. Just throw in the towel. Yeah. Yeah, because you know we can name off all the happy bait regulars over the you know like twenty years that we've been documenting it, and you know thirty, forty years we've been doing it. And how come those guys aren't out the rest of the year? Like you only see those guys at happy bait. It's not like you run into them at the ramps or you know at other bait spots. Or, oh, there's that dude from the rocks. Like no, you only see those guys. In September and October. So right. they're not going to adapt. They're not going to, you know, step up and be like, let me go drop 50 bucks on two lures and get out there and try to get something. Well, what about the Van Stool guys? Everybody that bought a Van Stool friggin' thinks that they bought that for surf fishing and for happy bait. So now they got their Van Stool and there's no happy bait. Right. Remember that guy finally, like after four years of Van Stooling, he hooked into a, like a, I don't know, two, three pound jack. And in his excitement to land it on the beach, he just threw his reel in the sand. (laughs) Like he had no plan on actually catching something. He didn't have a spike or a towel laid down or nothing. He was just like, I finally got it. And without even thinking instinctually, he just threw that thing right in the soft sand. Like, oh man. Did I tell you about the guy that, Takes his afternoons in power casts off the Point of America seawall nowadays? No. Oh, <laughs> man. I, I can't believe I didn't tell you that. Uh, in the afternoons, and the guy casts like a gentleman, right? Yeah. He goes out in the late part of the day when it's not too hot out, and he stands there um, right on the seawall facing south on the port, and he's got this crazy casting rod. But when he's power casting, he's not power casting like old Freshwater Rob and I were getting a running start. Yeah. What he does, he does like some sort of weird figure eight with his rod and his rod's like 10 feet. And then he launches. And it's impressive. (laughs) And he's throwing it into the like little uh, cove area there? No, he's throwing it off the seawall. So he's trying to hit like the Coast Guard station with it. And, oh, <laughs> and he's a, and he's a gentleman about the yeah. whole thing, which is kind of nice. Like if you're fishing or whatever, he's got no problem, like hanging out, you know, for 10, 15 minutes while you're trolling in front of him before his next cast. And there he gets rolling again and does this crazy wind up, and then, poof, and he doesn't have the regular, um, 
spin rod or bait caster rod. He's got one of those surf casting rods like you see those Australians use. Yeah. So it, it, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> so he hasn't caught he, anything yet. No, he, he didn't have. He doesn't even have a hook. He throws. He throws just the um, like that hard plastic weight. Yeah. Oh wow. Which is just for casting. It has nothing to yeah. do with fishing. This is just purely casting. Like the thing you casted at the eye cast. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And maybe that's what people are going to migrate towards now. The happy baiters. Maybe they'll just get into power casting, and then people have power casting spots. Maybe be a run, be a run on those big beach rods, <laughs> like the three piece fourteen footers. That's be like new. There'll be like new signs at the pier and stuff. No power casting, please. Jeez. Well, people are going to have the people are going to be searching for something to replace happy bait, and it just might be that. Hmm. Or jet skis. Personal watercraft. Or fishing under 17th Street Bridge. <laughs> well, they're fishing on the 17th Street Bridge trying to get Goliaths. No, I mean, like, they're still the grunt guys, the snapper dudes. Did you see the teenager in Key West that the FWC arrested huh, yeah. for taking a photo with, a, like, a 20-pound Goliath? Yeah. $7,500 bail. What the heck is going on out there? What's your theory behind that? There has to be more to it than that. The kid didn't just, I mean, the FWC didn't just be like, I'm going to get this guy. Dude, one of those kids from Nappy Fisherman, I think that they photoshopped a key deer like in his kitchen and <laughs> FWC showed up at his house. For real. For real. So you think, you don't think that kid like did something down there in Key West that they like couldn't catch him for, so they got him for that because he's an asshole or something? You think there was like serious, legitimate like the FWC thought they were like doing something? I think they really pat themselves on the back when they saw the case like on social media. Like, oh, this look at that. That's a Goliath grouper. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Get the book out. That's a Goliath grouper. And we can run a background on that kid and uh, let's go arrest him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, dude. You know me. I've always been the type of like, let's cut some slack for innocent mistakes. Like the foreign dude, whether he's Haitian or, you know, South American or whatever that has the snook. I'm not going to be as punitive as you are for the dudes that have 50 snooks that they've got in a dragnet. You know? Right. Like, okay, this guy, he caught it. There's ignorance as part of the equation. Like, you know, give him a summons to appear before the judge, but don't put him in handcuffs. Don't take his vehicle or all his gear and stuff. And it would be the same thing. I'd be hella reluctant to, um, yeah, like you're saying, there might be more to it. Maybe this kid's done it before. And this is like the 10th time, you know, like we told that kid to leave those Goliaths alone and not pull them out of the water. But like somebody say, um, you know, like a German or something that's, you know, down there by the cruise ships, lucks into catching a grouper, a Goliath, like a, you know, a 20 pounder like that one and actually gets it to the seawall and then they pull it out and everything like FWC should be more about education than punishment. If it's ignorance is the reason that it happened. Yeah. Versus you catch a guy with a 500 pounder in the back of his truck. <laughs> right. Right. They go, I, every time there's like a dude that gets busted, they're like, yeah, they had 150 lobster tails, um, 55 snook, 40 undersized mangrove snappers. And this is on Facebook. And then you go right to the comments and the dudes are like, this country, you can't even feed your own family. Dude, you ain't feeding your own family with 150 lobster tails. <laughs> like, you're a criminal now, and you got caught. Right. So you keep scrolling, right? And people are 
arguing this and that. I never comment, right? And I'm like, like to see people going back and forth. But then I did post one. I go, just for your own curiosity, click on the profile picture of all the guys that are on the scumbag side and see what they look like. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, because the dudes that do that always kind of have the same look. Like the same dude that is looking for trouble in front of a gas station or a convenience store. <laughs> the same look. Yeah. We're getting a lot of those dudes around here lately. Yeah. What's up with that? That's... Are we falling into that, that liberal city, like homeless panhandling? We're, that. We're um, opioids. Is that what our deal is? Yeah, these aren't like fucking aren't Yeah, these aren't bums that are um, you know, high on weed and just unmotivated and they're just laying on the grass. These dudes have hardcore addiction and warrants and I don't know. I don't know. Because there's definitely an increase in the last freaking half dozen years. Yeah. And noticeable. And I think you're right. I didn't, I didn't put two and two together. Definitely think you're right. I mean, it's like those opioid things. They're bad. They're like really bad. And you can start off um, innocently. You know what right. I mean? You hurt your back or you blow out a shoulder. They give you those things. A week later, you're hooked and you're in trouble. And rehab is like 25000 a week. So right there they are with their orange shirt on. They've kind of got that pissed off look on their face and they'll steal they will i drive i drive an extra like mile to go to the 7-eleven down closer to your house yeah the one by the bowling alley yeah just so i don't have to deal yeah and your buddy glenn was right if you avoid convenience stores altogether you avoid you avoid 90 percent of the trash right huh yeah like, and it's so rare. Like, I haven't been in one in months, but, you know, like last year and the year before, like I'd catch myself having to buy a water or something. And you're just like, why am I in here? <laughs> you know, like Glenn was so right about that. He was. He was. He hasn't been right about something like that, like that dead on in the 40 years that I know him. Yeah. He's going to go down in history for that. Kind of yeah. like his brother went down for the... um ID thing. Right. <laughs> For the fake ID. Yeah. Well, anyway, Lamont, let's wrap up the podcast. Good recording. I don't know how the hell we got all the way down here to talking about opiates from Happy Bait. Well, because there's no bait. That is true. That is yeah, true. Man. But at least we didn't talk about fish that we lost. Fish that we lost or um, our fantasy football lineups or a losing poker hand. Football starts tonight, right? Tonight, you got Canes versus UAB, and there's NFL, Mahomes, and Deshaun. Are you going to be able to watch the Canes? No. Mm. But I'm a radio guy anyway. I don't need it. So you're just going to radio it? Yeah. And I'm not looking. People are predicting scores of like 50 to 3 and this and that. It's going to be a close game in the fourth quarter. Like Miami's on a three-game losing streak. I don't know what people are so optimistic for. What's UAB like? They played last week, so they've got a game in hand. Their best player is their linebacker, and he's from Miami. (laughs) So, you know, he'll have like 16 tackles and look like Butkus. Right. And um, they have all five offensive linemen are seniors. Like they're that, per, they're, you know, like a real team. And they played Central Arkansas last week and beat them like 55 to 35. But they fumbled, UAB fumbled or threw picks like three or four times inside their own 30. So like three or four of Central Arkansas's scoring drives were like five yards, 12 yards, 17 yards, you know. They were gimmies. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, happy football. Good luck with everything. Yeah, thanks. 
and um, get on back on here next week or something. We'll bust out another podcast. That's Lamont Jones from Better Duck Studios, Captain Jeff, the Lunker Dog, and uh, thanks for tuning in to the Real Guy Podcast. Run that dog. <laughs>